Welcome to Florence Talks, the podcast for care managers, owners, and operators. I'm Dan Blake, and every two weeks, we'll be talking to social care professionals to discuss topical issues and bring you tips and actionable insights that you can use in your care setting. Thank you for listening, and now let's jump into this week's episode of Florence Talks. Good morning, uh, Rebecca. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming today. Um, very excited to have you on the podcast. Rebecca, you are the COO of Booper Care Services, which is a, uh, a big role. So thanks very much, Rebecca. Where are you? Where are you today? I am in Manchester today. So yeah, working from home, as has been the norm for the last 14 months or so. <laughs> I hope it's nice and sunny there is where, is where I am today. Um, Rebecca, if it's okay with you, would you mind just what we traditionally do is just get someone, people to give a kind of two minute into, um, overview of, of, you know, who they are and, and what their actual job is day to day. So would you, would you mind explaining what the COO of Booper Care Services actually is? Yeah, of course. No worries. Um, gosh, there's so much that you could say about the role day to day because it is so varied and there's um, always lots of new and exciting things that we, that we're doing. So, um, so principally, we are caring for um, around 6,000 residents and we do that with a staff team of just over 10,000 people. So we, we're a really big team. Um, we're geographically dispersed, so we're a national provider. So we're operating over, over 120 care homes um, from Scotland right down to the, to the south coast. So we've got a really broad national footprint um, and our job is to care for some of society's um, older and, and more vulnerable people but actually to to help them live the best lives that they can to be as as healthy and as as happy as they can um, whilst obviously needing support for um, the conditions that they are living with in their older years so a really varied job always lots to do um, always super busy but unbelievably interesting there's never there's never a moment to be bored. Let's let's say that. Right, and your your background to care, I think, is not necessarily uh, the most traditional, if, if that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is interesting and actually quite exciting because it shows that you know there's not just one route. So, would you mind just giving a bit of an overview of of your journey and in particular how you actually got into the into care in the first place? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it would be a pleasure to share that. So. I guess I, I would term myself as a as a Booper lifer, I suppose. So this is my 27th year with Booper. I actually joined straight from college and I joined in the first instance just to do sort of a six-week summer assignment, if you like. Um, and I did that because I thought, you know, I, I was very aware of the Booper brand. I thought this is, this is a great company. Um, I know what they do. Um, I think this will be a really good experience. It'll help on my CV while I think about my longer-term plans. Um, and they were quite varied as they are at, at 18. So, um, yeah, those six weeks turned into quite a significant stint, I guess. And um, for the first 19 years of my Booper career, I worked in the um, insurance business. So UK insurance, which probably is what Booper is sort of most well known for in, in the UK. Um, and really, really enjoyed that role. I think w- what's brilliant about Booper, and I think this is present in all of our UK businesses is, there was always something new or exciting or different to do. There's there's lots of lots of breadth in, in the Booper businesses. Um, so I always had a new challenge before I ever had the opportunity to kind of stop and reevaluate or, you know, be, be in any way sort of bored or dissatisfied with what I was doing. So 
yeah, 19 years in insurance and primarily working in the sort of corporate segments of some of the larger sort of corporate high street brands that, that um, lots of people would expect provide healthcare for their employees. And then again, I was given the opportunity to move across into um, care services, into the care homes. So that was a six months comment. And whilst in insurance, I'd done little bits of work in some of what we call our provision businesses. So bits of work in some of our clinics where um, frontline care is delivered, little bits of work in our dental businesses as well. Um, but moved across to the care homes and I was helping in the first instance with um, their recruitment challenges because as you will well know, recruitment is is an ongoing challenge for anyone that works in health and social care. So um, I was asked to help just because of my operational background, really. So no previous care experience directly, um, but I guess a, a track record in operations. So I um, moved across and helped there to get some real momentum behind um, volume recruitment of um, carers and, and other roles such as activities and um, chefs, kitchen staff, admin, etc. And of course, nurses, which is probably the single biggest challenge. And then actually, I thought, you know, this is um, this is a really interesting place to be. This is a different side of the Booper organisation. Um, it felt like there was a lot of opportunity and that it was a place where you could use your skills to make a really big difference and, and actually see the output from the difference that you could make. And then I was really lucky because some operational roles opened up. So whilst I always intended to go back to my insurance role, um, six months in, I'd fallen in love with what we do in the care homes and decided that's where I wanted to be. Um, so yeah, moved into a, an operations director role and I've thoroughly enjoyed that for the last seven years and I'm, I'm proud of what we and our amazing team have achieved. And yeah, now I get the privilege to lead that business as well. So yeah. A bit of an unusual route and not by design um but the best thing i've done in my career definitely uh, it's fantastic i'm sure um it's quite hard to fall in love with insurance products isn't it but it's much better easier to fall in love with something that involves a lot more people um how so you've only really been in the care sector for eight years i guess that's you know not that long in compared to many other people who may be mm. in your position so i mean how has it changed in those eight years um, has, has, it, has it changed much since you first started? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, the sector itself is changing all the time because obviously people's people's care needs are are changing and conditions are progressing. Um, so there's it, it's constantly kind of moving and, and shifting in that respect. Um, I think for us, from a Bupa perspective, um, think things have changed lots. So I think we've. We've purposefully worked really hard to um, really try and develop a, a culture where we are one team. So where, you know, the role of the senior leaders is to be out in services, understanding what's important to customers, understanding what gets in the way of people doing the job to their best, to the best of their ability, really trying to connect with our frontline employees who are, you know, the most important people in our organisation and helping them to unlock their potential but but also using the you know the privilege of the decisions that we get to make to make life better for them so that the care that they can provide to our residents is the best that it can possibly be so really trying hard to make that connection and it's you know it's not job done there's there's more to do we hope very much to be able to embrace 
more digital communication methods. So we've got an even more regular and frequent dialogue going on with those that deliver um, care at the, at the front line. But yeah, we spent a lot of time um, out in services trying to understand what we can do and what makes a difference. And it's really important to me, you know, I, I joined this organisation and did lots of frontline roles. So I genuinely believe the answers to lots of the business challenges actually lie in the hearts and minds of the people that do the job. Yeah. And it's really important that you can create that connection and, and take their views forward. So that's been, yeah, that's been a, a really big focus for us. And of, of course, the last 14 months have changed everything, haven't they, for all of us in so many ways, but uh, particularly um, in, in the care sector. And we're now, we're starting to sort of rebuild rebuild the business in this new world that we all find ourselves in where there's new language, there's new expectations. Um, you know, we've got, we now sort of work with PPE in our processes in a way that we didn't before. Mm. We're facilitating visits in a different way. We've got, you know, testing regimes and lots of aspects of, of IPC that are kind of new through the pandemic. So yeah, things, lots and lots of change. Lots of change, lots of change. And I think you're, you made a point about, um, Know, getting information and making decisions based on information from the, the front line. Yeah. Um, I think Booper is quite different to a lot of larger providers in that the, you, you often uh, recruit people who aren't necessarily, um, you know, straight from home manager role just down the road. And I guess that also shows that your background. So, you know, a lot of people think that care is just for nurses. Um, I'm assuming you don't agree with that. No, I think we've... Um our team is made up of a really broad range of core skills and previous experience definitely so we've got we've got lots of nurses who um are amazing managers within our team and we've got lots of people who aren't clinical as well and it's i i think the key is the blend of those things so yeah we recruited an, a number of individuals and the, the project was um we sort of termed it as an as out of sector really so we went out to the wider market and looked to recruit people from business backgrounds. So they kind of join um, having a track record in delivering against KPIs and things, working with customers, leading mm -hmm. teams. But actually, the bit that they needed to learn was our sector. Um, and we obviously, we supported them with that on an initial 12-week period when they, when they joined the business. But that's worked really well for us. And um, we've managed to retain lots of those people and they've gone on to have bigger jobs both within our um, business unit, but also across Booper's wider business units as well. So um yeah, I think it's entirely possible. Um if you if you have a passion for delivering really great service and you enjoy leading people, I, I think those skills are transferable to this sector. And as a large organisation, we have a lot of skills and expertise internally to be able to support those people to make the transition and to kind of, you know, learn the specifics of health and social care and the regulation and, and all the requirements as, as a registered manager, which um, obviously it's, it's really important that we're able to um, meet all of our obligations there. But yeah, it's worked well for us and I'm certain it's something we'll do again in the future. So if someone's in uh, retail, hospitality, uh, maybe a teacher, um, you know, it's it's worth considering. You could, yeah, you could definitely have a career with us. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, 
I know when we were speaking before, you, I asked you what you're really passionate about, and you said a lot of things. But one thing you you particularly are interested in is talking about people in their first few years. Um, so, I guess some of those people may be coming in at um, you know more entry level roles. Maybe some people are coming in at slightly more senior roles. But what are your sort of what are Rebecca's top tips for how to have the best start to your career in care? So I think that probably. Probably, possibly, there is a kind of misconception um, that if you come to work in health and, and social care, that it's, um, it's it's just a job, if that makes sense. And it actually, it's so much more than that. I think my perspective on it is, you know, if you if you really are passionate about delivering great care and providing a great service and working as part of a team that does brilliant things but has fun at the same time then you could absolutely build a career with Bupra. And I think, I think that means, I think it means different things to different people. So um, I, I would say to, to really be open-minded actually about the potential that exists in health and social care because we're really active participants in apprenticeships. So we've ordinarily got more than 400 people at any one time who are actively involved in an apprenticeship. And for us as an organisation, that goes from level two. So it might be a sort of entry level, no previous experience in care, um, entry level two in health and social care apprenticeship, which obviously is helping you to gain new skills, expertise and, and formal qualification, um, right up to some of our leaders who are participating in level sevens as well. Right. So I think there is opportunity for you to have a job that you thoroughly enjoy that can become a career. And obviously there's lots of different roles to do within within the business. So there's opportunity for people to move around. And we, we really encourage actually talent management and, and pipelining our talent for the future as well and, and invest quite heavily in not only making sure that you've got the support in terms of, of development, but when there's opportunities for people to, you know, um, provide holiday cover or do shots of comments and things, we we try and create the opportunities for you to actually have practical on-the-job experience. So, yeah, I'd say be kind of open-minded to the to the potential that exists. Um, but also, you know, from my perspective, it's in my career, I've always just tried to be curious. So, I think be be conscious of the things that that you are good at. So, your the things that are your unique special powers, if you like. So the things that you know you can do really well and that make a difference, but equally try and be alive to the things that you think actually that's a bit of a gap for me or that's something that I find harder to do or it's something that I want to learn more about. And the benefit, of course, of being in a big organisation is there's always someone somewhere else that has those skills. So you've got an opportunity to share um, skills and learning with those and, and just be curious about where the opportunities exist what projects and things you can get involved in and yeah have lots of questions and a, a nosy around really fair enough and how do you balance how do you suggest people balance um, that sort of curiosity and desire to always be learning and progressing versus you know actually you do need to balance that with you know there's a job to be done today um and you know you have to do that job before you can move on to the next job. It's kind of a fine balance, isn't it? How do you, how yeah, do you advise definitely. people to get to get that right? So, in, in all honesty, a lot of the learning I think actually just happens on the job. Right. So it's working as part of a team or working with a colleague, and just I think coming into work and, and being 
like open and alert and watching and listening because all around us people are doing brilliant things and it's it's kind of i think my mindset is to not just be transactional with the tasks that you need to complete but watch and learn and ask questions so you know you can be doing the job while you're talking to somebody about the brilliant way that they do something and why they do that and do they do that because they've had a previous experience and things so um i, th I think the majority of it like happens while we're busy in the work um what what sort of mistakes do you see people making in their first few years that um you know you would try and help them point out and be mindful of i think a couple of specific things so i think i think be patient because things don't always happen exactly when we want them to so sometimes we have to you have to sort of you know take the knocks and dig in and just believe in yourself and believe that those things will happen and that you can make it happen but it, it's you know the timing is not always within our control so i just think carry on being brilliant but be be patient at the same time um and then i think also kind of learn from your mistakes in a really positive way because i think you know think about some of the things that have gone wrong in my career you learn more usually from the mistakes than the things that go brilliantly well and i think having the ability to to be humble and say Do you know i tried that and I, th I thought it was a brilliant idea and you know this was my background thinking but actually when it happened it, it, it wasn't so good but it's it's surely better to have tried and to have improved something or yourself than than never tried at all. So um, I just think be be brave, but also be be humble and think that didn't go well, but I learned tons from it. So that's kind of okay. Yeah, I think as long as it's not illegal or like totally oh. stupid, as long as it's not <laughs> illegal really? or or totally stupid, then then you know I I definitely support encouraging people to try new things. But um, yeah, the, 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 with, a, with that small caveat, obviously. I am 100% um, with your caveat. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> well, um, obviously, you, you probably can't really answer this question because you're uh, institutionalised and brainwashed. <laughs> but um, but how, how do you, you know, people out there, you know, it's, it's not hard to find a job vacancy in care, right? There's always, as you say, alluded to earlier, there's always a constant recruitment challenge. There's quite a high, uh, people are moving around quite a lot for various reasons. Um, you know, when you're looking at jobs, you can see, you know, small providers, medium providers and larger ones like yourself. Um, what do you think, if you were coming into the care sector at the beginning, what are the pros and cons from going to the various, maybe let's just do small and large because medium's a bit too difficult. Um, oh, gosh. Um, I, know it's hard for you, I know it's hard for you to answer that one because, you know, if I... If, if I'm I, off guarded now because I'm kind of, I'm hesitating and you'll be thinking it's because I'm institutionalised and I genuinely don't think I am, but... <laughs> Yeah, there's there's twenty seven years. I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely there's obviously pros and cons, and I I talk to lots of members of our team as well about the kind of the ups and downs of, of small providers versus sort of you know larger um, corporate providers and things. So, and I, th I think sometimes it depends on your style of working and the things that that kind of matter to you, if you like. So, one of the obvious pluses of have been part of a, of a larger corporate organization is there's, there's usually more support teams yeah. that kind of wrap around um you know the, the core operations because the business is bigger and has more scale um so we we require um 
those support teams to to help us run such a big business and that that can really help when things are when things are hard and, and times are tough and you know we've seen that in in the pandemic so um you know we had wonderful support from colleagues who um worked tirelessly to help us make sure we had the ppe that we needed for example and we all felt grateful and, and reassured um for that um and then I, I suppose you see some of the upsides i think of smaller providers is it, it can feel um more like a family if you like so you know mm. a smaller business um, everybody knows everybody that exists within the organization and the roles that they do and it's easy to sort of reach out to people but actually what what we find um, is we see lots of that within our services so whilst we're a big booper team we actually see you know some really lovely family style connections within the care homes as a team within a team if you like so I think there's do you know there's no genuinely it's just different isn't it there's you know one is not directly better than the other at, at all we kind of we're all doing the same thing we all want the same outcomes we're just working in slightly different environments definitely and um you know lots of people say that it's good to spend some time in a larger provider because it you do t tend to see slightly more structure around processes and systems and and you know the ways ways of work so then you if you were to go to a smaller provider then you then you've then got that experience to fall back on so i think lots of people say there's there's benefits to um you know potentially moving around a bit um yeah not not maybe yourself but um other people yeah no i can see that i mean obviously i would want everyone in our team to stay in our team like without hesitation forever forever, forever yeah like me no, that's fair enough. I understand. Um, what did you, you 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 touched on it earlier? You said you made a few mistakes in your in your career. Obviously, not the illegal or really stupid ones. But um, what, what about what what sort of mistakes have you made that you think um, you know you've learned from, or you know, what did you wish you knew? What do you wish you knew then that you know now? Sort of thing. Yeah. Well, like for the record, definitely never stupid <laughs> or illegal. I feel it's very important to say that. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, for most of my career, um, beyond working in my frontline jobs, I've worked in in leadership roles, um, and you know that's the space where it's easier to not always get it right because you're dealing with people and. Um, you know, human us human beings are complex individuals, aren't we? So we've got, you know, lots of thoughts and feelings about about different things. So I think, you know, there's there's odd times in the past where I think I, I, I thought that I'd understood a situation and then, you know, maybe called it wrong, didn't quite get it right with that person. Um, and those are the things that I've always learned the most from because it, it, as a leader you're kind of going through your career like gathering up those experiences and sometimes they're, they're, it's just small subtle things but after the event you think actually you know did was my hand did my handling of that situation get the very best out of that person you know like possibly not yeah. um but I'll always i always always try and learn from that and think because it would be really easy to beat yourself up as well wouldn't it and think why wasn't that brilliant? Why wasn't I just like the best that I could possibly be? And I think rather than kind of go there with a with a slightly um, you know, negative over analyzing view, 
I just try and think, well, actually, you know, that went well and that could have been better or even better if. And I just try and sort of roll those roll those things forward, really, yeah. um, and, and learn from them. Do you think it's just an experience thing over, you know, you've obviously been working for a number of years? Because I, you know, from my perspective, in the early days, um, you know, you make a mistake, you really dwell on it and you really kind of like beat yourself mm. up. But as you get older, older or more, maybe more experienced, um, I think maybe you realise that you can't always get it all right. So yeah. it's not worth, and it doesn't actually help to sort of punish yourself, punish yourself forever. Do you do you think that's a? Do you find I think that? yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on because um, we always like we always want to do our best, don't we? We always want to help and to to make a difference. So when something goes wrong or you don't quite do that, you you you're hard on yourself, aren't you? You know, you you think oh what you know why did I do that and that could have been better but I, I just think over time I've come to accept that there's nothing to be gained from that like I'm no better off over analyzing why something wasn't perfect but I will be a lot better off if I take that learn and just move forward with it but yeah just I don't know whether it's age or experience or maybe it's just time isn't it time and instances but yeah i totally agree with you on that no definitely i think for the for the for the younger people who are you know more used to potentially social media and perfection um the yeah. reality of life maybe is, is maybe more difficult so that's good advice um thank you for that uh where do you just conscious of time i know we haven't got that much time left so where do you see um care um maybe adult social care or you know younger people as well evolving over the next few years so we've got a really big part to play, I think, in, in society. So obviously we've got an ageing population. So the demand for our services is, is only going to increase. And I think, you know, one, one thing that has come from the pandemic, I think the whole profile of caring and the job of caring has been raised, um, which is, which is, is good. That is, um, helpful and, and really needed, I think. Um, it's just, really really important i think for all of us that we continue to focus really hard on on the residents and our customers and and what their needs are as their as their health conditions sort of you know develop definitely and i think a really big thing for us is is that person-centeredness so really making sure that the customer is at the heart of what we do and our thinking and our decisions and that we're always focused on trying to make their lives better and the, and the best that they can they can be and that they sit in the center of everything that we do so i think you know person-centered care is important now and it will continue to be increasingly important um, and there's there is as i say there's a big part for all of us to play there's a there's a big job to be done and, and we want to do it really well how do you how do you manage that at scale, at scale? obviously you know i'm assuming by you mean person-centered correct me if i'm wrong but you know each individual is treated as an individual and and the person-centered is 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 applicable to them and it's not like a general thing you apply to everyone totally yeah um sorry i'm bad i'm badly saying this but how do you how do you manage that when you've got you know six thousand six thousand residents um to be able to be that bespoke if that's the right word yeah so i think i mean obviously within the leadership team where we are kind of setting the agenda creating the environment and you know standing behind what's important to us 
But equally, that has got to, as is always the case, it's got to come up from the front line. So then we have to use our team all the way through the team and in direct conversation with our with our frontline carers to help everybody to understand that that's a priority and that's really important. So obviously we've got um, standard systems and processes that are in place for the business to operate. Yeah. But really what, what matters the most is that, that at an individual resident level, we understand, we know and we understand the resident really, really well. We know their likes, their dislikes, their habits, what's important to them, what makes life the best that it can be for them. And, you know, we seem some of the things that make me the proudest in this job is where I see examples of um, frontline carers who, through just spending time, just companionship conversations, have identified things that are important to to the resident. And we've um, had just hundreds of examples of where residents have um, got involved in an activity. So whether it is an ex-RAF pilot having the chance to get back up in a in a plane for the yeah. day and, you know, relive and remember those experiences um, or an avid runner who has crossed the line of a marathon with carers that ran the marathon, you know, on their behalf and they crossed the line together. So, and there's honestly, there's hundreds of examples of those kinds of things where we try and help to really deliver what matters to that individual resident. And that, that is so important and in, will be increasingly important in the future. Fantastic. And last two questions. Um, if you could have a magic wand and change one thing in the care sector, what would that be? Oh, gosh. I'm like a genie. You say I have to rub the <laughs> Yeah, you're like, you're like a literal genie. <laughs> so I think... Um, you could say you could also you could also you know maybe apply it to Booper if you want to, but I'm sure yeah, you, there's, I'm, sure you know, you would, there's, I'm sure you wouldn't change anything there. Yeah, there's, there's so many there's so many ways that you could answer that question. Um, I think it would be personally, I I would I would love pe I would love more people to see and feel and experience like how amazing the work our people do all day every day. And how you how you kind of magnify that to a, to a greater audience, um, you know, outside of any of our health and social care businesses is is a real challenge. But it's it's an it's an amazing job, and I, I think it's a privilege. And I, I know our amazing nurses and carers make a massive difference. Yeah. So I wish that I could, you know, be a bigger voice for them, so more people could see the amazing wow. stuff that they do. That's a good answer. And the final question, um, you've obviously spoke quite a lot about the, the virtues and uh, opportunities at Bupa. So if anyone listening is interested in finding out more about what roles are available or what you're up, more what you're up to, what's the best place for them to find that information out? Um, definitely on our careers page, um, yep. which is on Bupa.com. So, yeah, I mean, we're a large organisation, so we are always recruiting. I mean, at the moment, just within our business alone, we're looking for more than 200 new colleagues to come and join us. And obviously, that's on a national basis. So we've got we've got lots of vacancies in um, very many locations. Um, and this is, you know, we, we're a brilliant business doing a great job. And I would say definitely come and take a look at us. Definitely. Fantastic. Well, Rebecca, I know you've got a meeting to run to, so thank you very much for your time today. Um, it was great to, great to talk to you and hear more about Booper and your new role. Um, and yeah, I hope to see you soon. No worries. Take care.
You've been listening to the Florence Talks podcast. If you want to know more about Florence, then check us out at florence.co.uk. Thank you, and until next time, bye for now.